Hello and welcome again to The Daily Cast, our podcast to start the day on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne. It's Wednesday, the 19th of May, 2021. This morning, we'll look briefly at the life of the woman who inadvertently changed the direction of religion in England. And we'll talk to Sabina Reddy about the joys of growing your own food. But first, the weather. And it's a bright start to the day. There'll be good spells of sunshine this morning, likely staying dry through a partly cloudy afternoon. The highest temperatures will be around 14 degrees. It'll be feeling warmer in sunshine and there'll be light winds from the west. Our person of interest today is Anne Boleyn, who was the reason for a change in the direction of religion in England. Born around 1501 to a wealthy family that was highly respected, she was well educated in the usual subjects for young women of her class, but she also learned archery, falconry, horseback riding and hunting. Her father, the Earl of Wiltshire, was a diplomat favoured by King Henry VIII and Anne spent time in the Netherlands and France as she was growing up. She held posts of maid of honour at a very young age to Henry's sister Mary when she was about to marry Louis XII of France in 1514. Overall, she spent nearly seven years in the royal household, learning French culture and language and becoming skilled in dance and etiquette over that time. She was brought back to England to marry an Irish cousin in an attempt to sort out a dispute over inheritance, but that engagement fell through. She became a member of Henry's court, and he quickly fell for her, although at the time he was married to Catherine of Aragon. By all accounts, Anne made it clear that she would only accept him as his wife and queen. And that led to Henry and his cardinal, Wolseley, attempting to have his first marriage annulled by decree of Pope Clement VII. Attempts that failed, and Wolseley was subsequently killed, and there's evidence that Anne contributed to his downfall. When a new Archbishop of Canterbury declared Henry's marriage to Catherine null and void in 1533 and Henry and Anne were married subsequently, the Pope excommunicated the King. In return, he began breaking up the power of the Catholic Church in England with the help of advisor Thomas Cromwell. Henry then took control of the Church of England. The English monarchy still holds that position today. And he later fell out with Anne after she failed to provide him with a son. He had also begun courting Jane Seymour at this time, and to marry her he needed to end his marriage to Anne. So he had his wife investigated for a charge of high treason in April 1536. In early May she was arrested and imprisoned in the Tower of London. She was tried and convicted of adultery, incest and plotting to kill the king. And on this day, 485 years ago, she was beheaded. Anne had been Queen Consort of England for less than three years. Henry, who married another four times, died in 1547. And Anne's daughter Elizabeth was crowned as Queen of England in 1558, reigning for 45 years. And now to very much the present day. And this is National Biodiversity Week. Normally there would be a range of on-location demonstrations and talks, but that old COVID still has what's under its thumb and most things are online again this year. However, there are a number of people in Kekullen who are seriously interested in biodiversity. 
and that interest can be developed even within the confines of our own gardens, as Spina Reddy told me last evening. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Ryan. I mean, you can you can start small. You can have a little, um, just a little table with uh, bird feed on it and, um, you know, encourage your bird life into the garden. And then, you know, if you give a bigger garden, try and, and grow plants that are kind of uh, bee friendly, really, basically, you know, like barrage and comfrey are good herbal types of plants. And they're also good for gardening. Um, I use the comfrey here for, it's a lovely plant, it's a lovely flower. And then I would squash it into a, a linen bag with some nettles and put it into the water butt. And then I would have liquid manure on top basically for the whole season. Um, it's, a, it's a powerful plant and it's also good for um, apparently poultices on brakes, especially for horses and that. Um, so it's quite a good medicinal plant and I have plenty if anyone ever wants uh, a plant or two because once you divide it uh, like rhubarb it'll just you know and replant it it'll spread um, it's a lovely plant but um, yeah get the birds in um, encourage planting for the bees and it's I see online I think it's an American trend but it seems a lot of people are taking it on no mow may so don't mow as much as you can in May because we have a lot of the, we still have the after effects of the um, dandelions, which are great for the bees and then other plants coming up. Um, the season is a bit late overall this year. So I still see primroses in the, in the hedges and cowslips, which at this stage should be nearly gone. But I'm hoping that in the next few weeks, things will, will boost up a little more. Yeah, it just cut down in the mowing. I know people mightn't be into long grass, but you actually get used to it and you see more life um, around the place, bird life and, you know, wild animals, um, hedgehogs, stuff like that when you have the uh, the longer grass. And it's it's uplifting to see the encouragement of, of the wildlife around the place. Is it as important for somebody with a very small garden or even uh, only a balcony as it is for somebody with a large garden? I think everything, you know, and anything to promote, um, you know, biodiversity, sustainability, you know, anything like that. You can grow lettuce in a in a pot on your on your patio, um, chives, you know, spring onions, things like that, as small as that. And then just if you have a small garden, just put a little corner and start there with a few lettuce plants, things like that, um, and then move on. Um, you know, you get lavender is a beautiful plant for. Um, not only the scent, but for bees, they love that also. So, you know, nice herbal type plants are really good for the, the, the local biodiversity, especially when they're native plants to Ireland. I know lavender isn't necessarily, but, you know, honeysuckle is a really lovely plant. It's It can be grown in hedges or as a as a, a shrub. And you can that can be grown from cuttings in September, basically. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to go to great expense either to uh, grow plants. And the one thing about if you're into gardening and people are into gardening, they exchange more so than um, having to go out and buy. People are very willing to exchange and exchange ideas also. So, um, you know, it's it's, it's, it's an exciting um, world getting into the garden and it's therapeutic. And it's also sociable once you get connected with other people as well. Are people becoming more aware, perhaps, of their gardens as being more than just lawns and a flower bed i think so but i think at the same time uh there has to be a bit more push about kind of diverting from the lawns 
Um, I know there's a family in Castle Martin and they have raised beds in their front lawn and what they're growing in it is just amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of think outside of the box or, or flip the, the, the whole chart and kind of think more of what can I get out of this garden? What can the garden give back to you more so? And um, even just planting an apple tree. The, uh, the blossoms of apple trees really is so encouraging for bees and uh, especially this year now the, the blossoms have really kept on last year was hard because there was a lot of frost in may but it, despite the frost this year it seems the, the blossoms seem to have kept um, a little bit better i don't think the frost was a really cold frost it was a lighter type of frost but um no, if apple trees, any type of native fruits, things like that also. And just reduce the mowing. That's that's what I would encourage, really, you know. As somebody who is not really a gardener, in fact, I'm the one who uses them more. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> is it too late this year to be thinking of planting or, or uh, is, is there still time to plant? Yeah, there's still time to plant because uh, all the growing is about two weeks behind, even as it is. And even if, you know, it's not so much, it's gone past the seeding end of it, but certainly there's no harm in planting um, because the ground is is not as warm as it could be yet. So it's time to put down things and certainly a little corner of onions. You can't have enough onions. I never, you know, it's the one outdoor plant I, I, vegetable that I, I always grow every year because there's nothing like your own onions. They're so fresh and strong when you go to cook. Um, go for it, you know. You know, you can still plant now at this stage. You can still seed up for purple sprouting broccoli. I think that's, um, you can still plant up for that. And even then later in the summer, you can plant seeds again in modules for, for the winter t- variety of that. Purple sprouting broccoli is delicious and it can be used in salads as well as, um, you know, uh, steaming for the meat and two veg. It's a powerful plant also. It's very good for your health. Tell me, what is Grow It Forward? Um, Growing Forward is the GIY um, group that was set up by uh, a guy down in in Wexford, Mark Kelly. They have their um, programme on TV and locally, Kleena Kelleher um, set up a Facebook page, GIY. I think there's about 47 people on it. It's, It's kind of an online exchange of views, ideas, plants. You know, if someone has an excess of plants, even tonight now, there's someone has it up um, that she has spare chili plants, cucumbers, things like that, if anyone wants some. It's to exchange and to promote um, growing and biodiversity more so, but more, more so uh, growing as far as vegetables are concerned. But it's if anyone is starting out in, in growing vegetables and are a bit nervous, it's a, it's a brilliant forum because it's, everyone is open for questions and um, someone has some experience that they exchange their, that they can exchange their ideas and it's to encourage basically backyard growing no matter how small or how big your garden is. How did you get involved or how did you get interested in this whole area? Well, I suppose I grew up, my father was a fantastic gardener. Everything on the plate we ate was from, from the house, whether it was meat or veg. And he would always be trying to drag me out to the garden. He says, come on out and I'll show you how to grow vegetables. And I'd be going, no, 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 I'm not interested. And he would have a great rapport with neighbours like Colonel Bergen and Paddy Mitchell and people like that, you know, exchanging plants and chatting. And then when I 
built my own house and had a bit of space and the SSIA saving scheme, I bought the furniture for the house out of that and I had a bit extra and I said, I'm going to buy something different. So I bought a polytunnel. Now it's not a small one, it's it's kind of an industrial size one so you could put a small tractor into it and it's one of the best investments I ever made and I have had years of pleasure out of it. And it's a, it's a learning process. I'm still learning. I'm still learning about growing. It's just great pleasure. And last year we had a great amount of tomatoes and I bought a dryer, a vegetable dryer. And out of that, I had jars and jars of um, sun-dried tomatoes. And it lasted well into the season, into the winter. And it's amazing what you can really get out of it for yourself. The polytunnel is great. And you can get small polytunnels. There's a great surge in people buying tunnels now at the moment or small types even of tunnels or greenhouses. There's a lot more companies online now that will deliver to your house no matter where you are in, in Ireland. And, you know, you can get all sizes of raised beds, planting implements. And uh, this company over in Leitrim, is it? I think I got raised beds recently, some nice aluminium raised beds, and they don't disintegrate. Um, they're very neat and tidy, and my idea is to build up higher then as time goes on, as I'm getting older and uh, it's easier on the back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, we grow most of the summer season out of, out of the tun. I've peppers, aubergines, cucumbers, gherkins, um, all the salads, um, pak choy, uh, beans, French runner beans, tomatoes, courgettes. And then outside I have loads of onions and I hope to maybe some purple sprouting broccoli. I'm not as good as the outside gardening yet. I'm, I'm still learning on that, but, but there's nothing as nice on a summer's evening to be out in the tunnel, especially when it's raining and the, the rain is bouncing off the tunnel and it's like music to the, the ears and the, the birds are singing in the background. It's a little little corner of heaven for me, you know. As you mention your dad and and the fact that everything on, on the table came from the garden, you're reminding me of my own grandmother a long, long time ago. She was a great gardener. She had her own plots up at the back of the cottages and I remember going through gooseberries and there was rhubarb and and then she kept a couple of pigs. Are people like you and the, the people who are following the same kind of thing going back to what perhaps our grandparents and our great-grandparents did? I'd hope so. I have four hens in a chicken coop that I can push around the garden. I'm getting at least two eggs a, a day out of it. Um, I know what they're eating. I feed organic feed to them. We have a hive of bees that last year there was no honey for some reason. There was no honey in the area. The year before was really successful and this year I think we're going to be successful again. It's it's my husband, Connor, He's he manages that. It's a lovely interest and uh, it's very interesting to see the, the life of the bee. And the other day he was out there and says, they're so chilled out at the moment. And I said, how do you know a bee's chilled out? Oh, they're just chilled out, you know. But I think I've got to this stage in my life where if I had a pig, I think I'd have it as a friend rather than something I'd chop up. <laughs> but the, you can have eggs, certainly, you know, um, if you've any little plot of land. And uh, it's essential to have a cat also when you have hens around the place because they keep the four-legged enemies away. It, there's, there's, you know, it's just a great satisfaction in being able to whip up your own omelettes and out of the garden, really, basically, from the eggs and the vegetables. And uh, I think when I come in... The, from work in the evenings, the one of the first things I do is I drop the bag and I go straight out to the tunnel 
to see how the, the vegetables are going and then over to the hens, see how they're doing. So it's, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. So mine are ready. And her enthusiasm and dear love of what she's at should certainly have some more of you out in your own garden space, however small or large. Now to this morning's main news online. The Kildare Nationalist headlines a huge cocaine seizure in Nace yesterday. A value in excess of €800,000 is quoted. The Leinster leader also has a money story, but this time on a substantial pay rise agreed for county councillors. And KFM Radio has details of possible water supply disruptions across much of South and Mid Kildare today, as Irish Water carries out essential maintenance at the extraction plant on the Barrow near Athai. On the national news providers this morning, RTE gives attention to this cyber attack on the HSE, headlining that it means delays to the cervical check screening programme. But in a related story, Health Minister Donnelly says a lot of medical files were not compromised in the attack. The Irish Times leads with a stamp duty hike for bulk buyers of houses, set to be approved by the Dáil today. But the Independent reports that the crackdown on cuckoo funds has led to a split in the coalition. The Examiner goes strong on the closure announcement for the Shannon and Cork Aer Lingus aircrew bases, headlining fears that the airline may now concentrate on Dublin. And there's where we'll wrap for today on The Daily Cast. I'm Brian Byrne. This is Kilcullen Diary. Enjoy your day and thanks again for listening.